Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show about sports. That's right. That's Tom. I'm Mike, and joining us in studio is our producer Eric. Heyo. For some little tidbits of wisdom and whimsy. That's all we expect of you, Eric. <laughs> wisdom and whimsy. Can you can you bring the whimsy? That I don't know about. I'm also not 100 percent sure about the wisdom. Well, the whimsy is the really important part. That is. That's really because without without the whimsy, you know, you don't have anything. La di da true um so we recorded a really kick-ass show last week and none of you got to hear it yeah it was good trust me i heard it because i was sitting here recording it before the recorder decided to take a poop on us yeah um had a technical difficulty when we were trying to get it out there for you guys and uh as a result we had nothing electricity is a fickle mistress yes um we were going to re-record the next day, but then I died. He did. I saw it. Um, <laughs> he was laying there in the coffin. It's, these guys did witness my death. It was pretty gruesome on uh, on Tuesday. Um, but I am feeling well. Tom is looking healthy. I am. Eric is strong like ox. <laughs> I don't think that's the sound oxes make. I don't think so. Um, no, but it's the sound that uh, overly muscled Russians make. That is, yeah. Oh. Regardless, uh, we're back and better than ever. You can't say that. And now... They're not off the air yet. We're, that's right. I gotta wait. Um, we're back to better, back and better than ever, and uh, we're gonna dive right into baseball. Baseball. Um, starting with last night, um, I was up until like 2, 2.10, watching the Cubs and Yankees play two full games worth of baseball. Because this man has a poor grasp on his priorities. Also insomnia. That too. That was the main thing that kept me going. Um, no, the how does uh, your wife sleep next to someone who's watching a baseball game? She sits up and plays uh, Ocarina of Time on the DS. <laughs> she takes your children's toy. It's not a. It's not a joke. She does. That is what she was doing <laughs> while I was. Here's the thing, though. Oh, she had no concept of time because when I turned it off, I said, "My God, it's two a.m." Which I already knew. And she goes, "Oh." And shut it off and went to sleep. <laughs> so she was gonna keep playing. She would have if I hadn't said anything. She probably would have kept going. I could have like I could have watched Sports Center and she would have thought it was just the end of the game. And you know it was like midnight or whatever. Um, so do they put uh, that game's box score in yesterday's games or today's games? <laughs> it goes in today or in yesterday's. Um, yeah. So this broke the record for strikeouts in a game. They had forty eight previous record or no. 
46. Previous record was 41. Uh, the teams combined to throw over 500 pitches. The Yankees used every player at their disposal except for one pitcher. The Cubs used every player at their disposal except for one pitcher and Jason Hayward, who is day-to-day and not um, good to go. Were they Were they in Chicago or New York? They were in Chicago, and the Cubs oh, have Lord. a game in Denver today against the Rockies. <laughs> So much so, for a getaway game. So they were in Chicago, which means the pitchers had to bat. Oh, yeah. Actually, the final out was recorded by Kyle Hendricks, who was pinch hitting. <laughs> who was pinch hitting for Pedro's stroke because they figured it was better to have a starting pitcher take some hacks yeah. than to have a relief pitcher take some hacks. Um, stroke did take the loss. Um, Aroldis Chapman blew a save in the ninth. Um, he... Allowed three runs, including hitting Anthony Rizzo to drive in a run. Um, this game was insane. I got home from uh, I got home from the movies last night at probably about midnight, and I thought, well, I'll turn on Sports Center, maybe fall asleep to that. And uh, the game was still going, and then I was like, oh yeah, I never did see a final come up on my notifications, and then they uh, popped up with the. With the little score box popped up and said it was in the fifteenth uh, inning at that point, I did not know what I was in store for. You know, this comes just like a couple of days after the one of the Cubs' single A teams uh, played a game over two days. Yes, nineteen innings took two days because they're not allowed to start an inning after twelve oh five. That's a minor league rule, not a major league rule. The Cubs and Yankees would have kept going last night. Yeah, like I've never heard that before. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, no, it's a minor league rule. Yeah, I'm like I know it's not yeah. a major league rule because I've seen games that have gone, you know, not even that many innings, but just long enough innings that uh, you know, some of the longest games aren't even that many innings. Right. You know, when you just have really long, <laughs> really long innings, make for really long games. Yeah. No, this game was four to four forever. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, the Yankees did prevail five to four in eighteen. And basically, it was it was coming down to whoever was running out of players first. <laughs> and uh, Starling Castro was responsible for the uh, game-winning run, I believe. I may be incorrect on that. But he had a pretty good return to Chicago. Um, he was, at one point, 0 for 7 last night. Yeah. But he was still leading the American League in batting average. He lost 13 points off his average, but it's still leading by .03. Isn't that the league where they have people whose job it is only to hit? Yes, but Starlin Castro has been on a tear this year. I know, but... Which makes me happy, because I still love Starlin Castro. But he plays for them. Yeah, I know, but... No, I, I don't outright hate them. Eric said that you either hate them or love them. There's there's no in-between. He claims that there's an in-between of indifference to the Yankees, and I don't believe that that's possible. No, I'm fairly indifferent towards them. No, you either hate them or you love them. No, I'm indifferent. No matter what you think you feel, I know what no. you actually feel. I am indifferent. <laughs> Because um, gone are the days when you can buy a championship. So, you know. They keep gi- trying every year, though. They do, and they keep failing. So what's to hate? I can be indifferent at their uh, mediocrity. See, the thing is you can't use a lot of money to buy a championship. What you do is you get a bunch of middle-aged, end-of-the-career guys and throw them together for one last hurrah. That doesn't really work either. It sounds more like a movie than a uh, than a strategy for... Everybody knows that movies are real life. Okay. Um, so a quick look at the standings. The Yankees are the only team with fewer than 10 losses. 20-9, uh, and 8-2 and over the last 10. Baltimore is half a game back at 20-10. and 10. 
Boston at 17 and 14. Tampa's a game under at 16 and 17, and Toronto is all the way up to 11 wins, guys. They're 5 and 5 in their last 10. They are not the worst team in the league. Nope. Uh, that that distinction belongs to the Royals, who are 10 and 20. Um, other than them, uh, the AL Central is pretty uh, congested right now. Cleveland 17 and 13, Minnesota 15 and 14, and the Sox and Detroit 15 and 15. Um, out west, uh, the Astros are 21 and 11, five and a half games up on everyone else. Um, in the NL, the Nats are 21 and 10, six and a half games up on the Mets, who are 14 and 16. Somehow, Miami, Philly, and Atlanta are worse than the Mets right now. And that's that's uh, with uh, their best pitcher not being able to touch a ball for six weeks. Yeah, um, so we did talk about this on the Unheard show, um, man. He got he got racked. Part of that, uh, tw- what twenty five or twenty three to five? Twenty three to five game. Yeah, um, he went in through like an inning and a third, threw a pitch, and Winston Payne. And as we said before, um, Winston Payne sounds like an action star. Yeah, um, but he did that. Then he threw another pitch, and that was it. He was done after refusing the MRI. Uh, because he was just a little sore or whatever. Um, he is now, he's got a torn lat, and he's on the shelf for at least six weeks, probably closer to two months. Yeah, so, yeah, Syndergaard out. Um, it means for them the same thing that Bumgarner out means for the Giants. Uh, they are screwed. Yep. I think the Giants less so because they have pitching behind Mad Bum. Yeah, but they're already in the basement anyway. So. Right. But they have a better chance at a turnaround than the Mets. Yeah. Um, in the Central, the Reds are leading the pack at 17 and 14. Uh, the Cards are half a game back at 16 and 14, and the Cubs are in third at 16 and 15. Uh, Cubs are four and six in their last 10, while Cincinnati and St. Louis are each seven and three. Uh, Milwaukee is 16 and 16, and the Pirates are 14 and 17. So they're all pretty. Uh, Pretty bunched up right there. I like that it's still close. Yeah. Well, and we're in that part of the season. It's going to be close for a while. We're not going to figure out who's who until, you know, mid-June. That's when we'll start figuring out who these teams are. And, you know, people are, you know, what do you make of the Cubs being 500? Well, this is what I make of it. Last year they went on that amazing run at the beginning of the year, 25-6 and or whatever it was. Yeah. And then they scuffled for like a month around the All-Star break, and then they finished really strong. What I make of it this year, they're going to have a 25-6 and six stretch again. Maybe not that good, but they're going to have that stretch again, and no one's really going to notice because it's not the beginning of the season. Right. I still think they're going to... They may not make 100 wins this year. Um, I still fully expect them to win the division. Yeah. Um... But I don't know. I, I I think the red the Reds might be able to keep this up. They might challenge for the wild card. They are plus twenty three in runs. They are, yeah. Um, which is very good. Which is amazing because they do not have a pitching staff right now. Right. Um, St. Louis, you can't count them out. No. Oh. Out in the West, Colorado, twenty and twelve. Uh, the Dodgers have gotten things together. Seventeen and fourteen. Seven and three in their last ten. They are they are plus thirty eight. They are in the runs column. Um, that when they're winning, they are winning big. Yeah, but, um, we we've got them in this next series. Yeah. I'm not uh, looking forward to much. Yeah, 
uh, Eric's Diamondbacks, 18 and 15. And the Padres and Giants also ran. We had a rough road trip there, having to go to uh, Washington and to uh, Colorado, where we dropped two out of three on both of those series. <coughs> well, Colorado seems to be uh, for real in these early stages. so They're doing quite well, yes. <laughs> so... Um, Baseball really needs to get itself together and start having more afternoon games because I don't like going to work and not having anything to listen to until seven o'clock. Yeah, uh, and it get well. Here's seven. the thing: it's amateur. My games don't usually start until nine forty at the earliest. No, I mean nothing to listen to at all. Yeah, but like, cause Tom and I will listen to whatever. If the Cubs aren't on, I usually don't even listen to my team. I watch. I watch like a Red Sox Rays matchup or a. Or a Reds Diamondbacks game, I would listen or watch those. That's so it, it is a bigger struggle for Tom and I. Listening to Pirates games causes think, me anxiety. I think you just so. proved that it's not as big a struggle for you guys because you guys have something to listen to starting at seven or whatever. Because you will listen to anything. I only care about the Diamondbacks, yes. so I have to wait until nine forty or ten thirty or whatever. But the when Diamondbacks you care about starts. all of it, you're missing out on more. So in those you hours, more to choose from, so in those so hours from three anything. to seven, in those hours from three to seven, we're missing hours. out even harder than you're missing out. Your, from your three logic to nine. is not tracking That's in f- any way, shape, or form. Missing four out hours even harder. That I have to listen to music. Most days, I don't want to listen to music. You know what? I'm going to listen to today at work before the baseball starts. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two soundtrack. Oh yeah, is that on uh, Spotify? By it chance? is. Oh yes. That's going on my list. It is. Um, I did not like it as much as I liked the soundtrack from the first film. Well, you but know, I it. liked the second film better than I liked the first film. I don't know if I liked the movie fully better. I, I would say it was as good to me. I won't say it's better than, but I can't say that it's any worse than either. So uh, I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed the first one. The thing that put it over the top for me was the character development that I found lacking in the first film. Well, anytime you have a, a film where you're introducing that many characters at once, right. it's going to be somewhat lacking. Right. I thought they did a fantastic job, especially considering if you compare that to any version of, say, Fantastic Four well, or yeah. uh, not, Suicide Squad, <laughs> these movies where they had that many characters and tried to introduce them and just failed miserably. Right. Yes, but those were bad movies. It wasn't just because exactly. of the lack of character development. But they that was a big portion of movies. it. Right. Expecting us to know who these characters are before going into the film. With with Fantastic Four, I think I feel that's justified. I, I don't think so. Oh, did I ever tell you my solution for Fantastic Four? Stop making them. Well, that. <laughs> but if you're going to continue to make them, um, you need to start with an already established Fantastic Four. Don't show us the origin. Don't give us Fantastic Four uh, preschool years as they did in the last one. Um, give us just start right in the middle of it with maybe like a flashback here or there where like you know the thing is having a nightmare about how they got their powers because he's a freaking monster Um, but give us uh, do you think Michael Chiklis is getting too old to reprise that role no I loved Michael Chiklis in that role he's covered in rocks nobody's going to know how old he is under that right (laughs) no, no no wait wait Ron Perlman that would also be good but I did absolutely love Michael Chiklis in that role. Like he was, he was the highlight of those movies by far. Um, he wasn't uh, up against much in that department, though. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, other than I mean, Jessica Alba is always nice to look at. Right. 
But I want to dive in with like uh, Carrie Ellis is uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, Sharice Sh- uh, Theron is Invisible Woman. Um, I thought Bruce Willis would make a pretty good thing. Um, and uh, so you just want to Expendables up this Fantastic Four? <laughs> <laughs> How is one Expendables character means I'm Expendables uh, upping it? Yes. Ultra famous people. <coughs> um. Yeah. Aside for the Princess Bride. And Men in Tights. Don't you forget and, about Men in Tights. And yeah, Saw. But, well, so, and a couple of episodes of Law and Order, probably. <laughs> you can just tack that onto anyone's resume. <laughs> if not Law and Order, then Criminal Minds. Right. One of the versions of Criminal... Or CSI. Yeah. Between those three franchises, every actor has appeared in at least one episode. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and I haven't really decided who should play... Uh, the Human Torch, but like that, like that would be a dream cast to just jump into the into the middle. Like they're already an established team. You walk around the Baxter Building, and there's all sorts of you know commendations from mayors and presidents and whatnot, and they're already established. I think you could do it that way. Mayors, I don't know. <laughs> keys to the city. That's yeah. That was basically They've got like forty keys to the city. Yeah, the one city that they protect. Um, but that's the way to save the Fantastic Four. But this is a sports show. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the NBA. No, it's a show about sports. That's true. It's a show and, about and sports. And other things, yeah. you know? Um, man, so the Washington Wizards yesterday scored 26 straight points. That's several. Yeah. Uh, thir- in, the third quarter, in the third quarter, they won a 26 to nothing run against Boston. Um, that gave them a 73-55 uh, lead in that game. Um, the series is now tied at two games apiece. I, I guess I was wrong about that one. I thought they would uh, have been handled, but I guess I guess not. Yep, you done did screw up. I was right about the other ones, though. Oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much were. Um, the uh, the Rockets evened up the series last night against the Spurs, uh, winning one twenty five to one hundred four. Um, that game will go back to San Antonio tomorrow. And you'll you'll notice that in in each of both teams wins the score reflects uh who dictated pace yes basically if uh if houston scores 100 points they're probably going to win it's usually a pretty good bet for them um yeah the uh the spurs were able to slow them down in the middle of two games um they each they split on each court they split at home for the spurs and split at home for the rockets um so there really is no home court advantage going on in this series right now um, although you would say that by winning in Houston, San Antonio did recapture a home court advantage. Um, the uh, Cavaliers, yet again, first team to advance. But only because they were scheduled a day before Golden State. <laughs> right. Yeah, they uh, they swept the Raptors 4 uh, nothing. They are awaiting the winner of the Boston-Washington series. And, yeah, Golden State, um, they are up 3 nothing on Utah. They're, they're going to finish it tonight. Probably, yeah, probably going to finish it tonight. Now, here's the thing. They each swept the first round. They each are probably going to sweep the second round. Do we want them to sweep the finals in each conference? Just, I mean, that, just make it quick. It's unprecedented. Just, well, um, Cleveland became the first team to go eight zero in the to start the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. It just it would be amazing. I'm not rooting for it because I'm really still hoping that the Spurs are the other team in the Western Conference Finals. Um, but it would be amazing if the Rockets do beat the Spurs <laughs> uh, for Golden State and Cleveland to sweep these series because the NBA 
they set the beginning of their finals. Yeah. It will be June 1st, no matter what happens. So we could go like a week without basketball. Probably. Probably about a week. That would be mildly depressing. Yeah, but I kind of want to see it happen. Um, It would just be, it would be, I mean, we've already seen a 73-win season. We've seen the comeback from down 3-1. I think this would just add so much more to this rivalry between these two teams. Yeah. If they both got there that way. And then basically you're in a game of chicken at that point. Neither team is lost. But would it be compelling? Or would everyone get so tired of them and so angry about the lack of basketball that they would not tune in? I feel like most people are already getting tired of these teams now. You'd think so, but, you know, people followed the Lakers every time they made it from 80-whatever to 2000-and-whatever. I think think they were just (coughs) hate-following at this point. They're just... I hate them so much, but I gotta watch them to make sure they lose. So I never really get into that. Neither do I, but a lot of people do, and I, I don't really understand it. But yeah, I, I think uh, these teams' arcs are going to end at the same time. In the next four or five years, they'll both return back to the middle of the pack of the NBA, and we'll have an, another uh, set of teams for a decade. Yeah. Oh, well. But it'll never be the Bobcats. No. No, um, mostly because there's no such team as the Bobcats. Oh, that's right. They did. Uh, I just they're the Hornets. I, I just always they'll stick out in my mind for being so bad. Yeah, and I'll never forget them. Never. Never. Single tear. Gotcha. Now are we playing? Don't you forget about me, or never gonna give you up? Uh, whichever. Okay. Flip a coin. All right. Let's see if we can, Eric. Let's see if we can close out the show with one of those songs. All right. I'll figure it out. All right. Uh, so. Keeping in uh, playoffs over in the NHL, the Nashville Predators are headed to the conference finals for the first time in club history. Yes, they are. Um, it was um, another very, very good performance out of them. Um, they really only did falter in that uh, game five by the slimmest of margins. Um, but then they got to come back to uh, to Nashville to close it out, and their fans were just over the moon. They do have some pretty amazing fans down there. Um, when they first got down there, you know, we all talked about it. I think we talked about it on the last show. Um, yeah, we, uh, uh, they, they got down there, and like a lot of expansion teams, nobody came to saw them. It came to see them after, right. you know, like the first season. It, they, they were not good. Um, they didn't make the playoffs for quite a few years to start off their, uh, their life. And over the last four to five years they have built a foundation yep and uh the fans have seen it and And they've been there since they started it you know what it really is it they they've embraced the sort of nashville-ness they've embraced the whole music city thing um they they really do uh like that they're in nashville yeah they're very Um, active in the community yeah um even the newcomers pk suban yep well, he he was going to be active anywhere he he went. He's just, he's a really good guy. Yeah. Um so they are waiting on the winner of the Ducks Oilers series. Um that game is going to a game 7 after Edmonton destroyed Anaheim 7 to 1. It was uh I I watched the uh the second and third periods of that. I I forgot that it was on, so I missed five goals. Um but I watched the second and third periods, and there was no, no, nothing was happening for Anaheim. 
They couldn't do anything right. Um, they managed to get the one goal, barely. Yeah, what the the Oilers were out 5 nothing, right? Yep, at the end of the first. And then they scored again 45 seconds into the second. Good Lord. Um, so this has kind of become a thing for Anaheim. They, they're, they're up, they blow it in Game 6, and then they blow it in Game 7. They've lost five straight Game 7s. Well, I'm kind of hoping that it becomes six. Me too. Um, I am kind of on the Oilers right now. The the last three minutes of the game, you could uh, you couldn't hear any whistles. You couldn't hear. You could barely hear the announcers. <coughs> the crowd was so loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think Oilers Predators would be a phenomenal uh, Western Conference Final. Yep. Um, I think the Predators would take it though. I would watch every single game of that. Um, I, I've, I've watched a, a good number of these games. Um, I did not get to see the 7-1 uh, destruction uh, from last night. Was it last night or two nights ago? Last night. Last night. Yeah, I was at the movie. Um, Tonight, though, yes. we've, got, uh, we've got a game six. We do. Uh, the uh, Rangers are going to try to even it up with no, Ottawa. No. Washington and Pittsburgh is tonight. Well, I'll be damned. Washington is going to try to even it up with Pittsburgh. Yep. They're in Pittsburgh. Um it's going to be very tough for him to do, but we could have our second game seven of the playoffs. We didn't have one in the first round. No, um, sure did have a lot of overtime games though. Yeah, which is fine. Everybody likes overtime. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, the the double overtime win that the Ducks had. I was watching. I watched the first overtime, and then it it was right at the start of the second overtime, and I fell asleep. Oh no, that's rough. Yeah. Um. So tomorrow the Rangers will try to even it up against Ottawa. Yeah. Um the uh we were talking about it last show because to that point Ottawa had not participated in a game with a goal differential larger than 1 in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh since then they lost twice to New York 4 to 1 each time. Um but then they came back and they won game 5 by one goal. So they still haven't won a game by more than one goal. Right. Um it, we we got to ask is that sustainable? Um yeah, well, it all depends on the goalie. You got yeah, you got two overtime games in this series. Um, if you're if you're winning one goal games, you are probably relying a bit too much on your goalie. Yeah, well, they, two overtime games in this series, four overtime games in the series against Boston. So I really question whether or not this is a sustainable thing for them. Although the Rangers have also two game two overtime games this series, and they had two overtime games against Montreal. So each team is doing this. Right. Um, but when the winner of this series runs into the winner of the Washington-Pittsburgh series. It's essentially over. Are they for, running into a buzzsaw? It's it's over for this uh, for this matchup. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Um, I think if it's Washington, they have a better chance. I honestly don't want I, want... I want Ottawa to go because I don't want any of the teams in my division to go. Right. But wouldn't it be fun to watch the Rangers get there and then just get steamrolled by Nashville? No, I don't want the Rangers to win a single game ever. <laughs> so it, would, it wouldn't be fun for you to watch them just get destroyed by Nashville because then not only would Lundqvist not have any rings, he would have been so very, very close, and it would be more embarrassing for him to walk down the street. Have you seen that man? <laughs> he never has to worry about walking down the street. That's true. I'm sure people would carry him down the street. Oh, um, why would they carry him? He's a big guy. They would like on on their shoulders, like hey, because 
New York Ranger fans would do that. They would. Um, Devils fans might have somebody to start carrying around the streets pretty soon. Yes, yes, they might. Um, they uh, they won the first overall pick. They won it, uh, despite only having an eight point five percent chance to win it. They won it, and on top of that, they have ten more picks in this draft. Yeah, they um, they were they were slotted they were slotted fourth before the lottery. Yep, like um, their 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 projected space was fourth. Uh, they could. They could not be lower than eighth, I believe. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh no, they would have been slotted fifth because Vegas, Vegas would be in there. Um, we talked about this a little bit. So the NHL is the only league when they have an expansion team that does not give them the first overall pick. Which I, I, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. You know, you you can pick, you know that that number one overall guy, get the the best player in the league, and still stink it up because you have no supporting cast yeah and that's why they loosened the rules regarding uh who teams can and can't protect in the uh expansion draft to try to field a competitive team right from the get-go yeah yeah they they want vegas to thrive right away um and and why you know i i always wonder why would you make the rules such that your newest teams uh can't make you money right away yeah you want a team to come in and and just be awful for 10 years like the blue jackets right although i feel like no matter what this vegas team is going to make money well yeah i mean they could they go winless in their first year and probably still bring in above the average yeah but for an nhl team this the the expansion (coughs) draft they're gonna get like six or seven 20 goal scorers yeah 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 they're gonna they're gonna field a great team um and when some teams don't even have two twenty goal scorers, Devils, um, that's a big deal. Yeah, they um, still going to be searching for that goaltender though. Uh, probably Mark Andre Fleury and uh, one of the Dallas goalies. Um, uh, Bishop is a free agent at the end of the season, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay, so that means that he's not eligible for the draft unless a team signs him. They yeah yes. If a team signs him, then they would have to uh, protect him. And so. What they would have to do is sign him uh, with a no-trade clause, and then they would have to protect him. They wouldn't be able to leave him open. Right. Um, so, I yeah, I expect one of the Dallas goalies and one of the Pittsburgh goalies, probably Fleury, despite what he's doing right now in the playoffs. Wait, he's he's older. Um, um, Murray's already proven that he can do it. Yeah. Uh, they may, He does have a no-trade clause, I believe. So Flurry does, yeah. Well, then there's no question they have to they they have to protect him or trade him. Yeah, um, there has been one trade already. Chicago sent Scott Darling to Carolina, or yeah. his his negotiation rights. He was a restricted free agent. Um, Carolina they've already worked gave, out a deal. They gave him four million dollars a year. Yeah, I it, don't know that I would have given him that much. Chump change when you compare that to what Dallas goalies make. Yes, but they were. <laughs> They were fully proven that they couldn't carry a team. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, that is what that is one one less goalie option for uh, for the Knights. Um, Vegas could not have picked lower than sixth. Uh, that was that was the absolute rock bottom for them. Um, or no, seventh, right? Say what? Where was the lowest they were able to select? They were they were one ahead of the Devils in the in the pre. They were given the same odds to win as the third overall pick. 
Gotcha. So they could not have picked lower than seventh. Okay. So, yeah, they came out sixth. <laughs> um, Dallas got the third pick, which was a pretty big upset as it was, as they could have gone anywhere from 1 to 11. Um, but the biggest upset was probably Philadelphia, who could have picked as low as 15, getting the second overall pick. I look for them to do something really stupid with that pick. I think you mean you hope. No, I look for them to do it. Yeah. Um, so do you think uh, New Jersey's going to draft uh, Patrick, Nolan Patrick? Uh, I would prefer they draft Nico Heischer. He's four months younger, and he's already at playing at the same level uh, as Patrick. He's had fewer injuries, and we already have a player that plays the style that Nolan Patrick does. We need a guy like Heischer who's quick and, and, and makes the plays, does all the dishing and all that. He um he's a smaller guy, uh, six foot one seventy five. Well, that's fine. We uh when the uh, when the new ownership took over and and the new GM and that they made a uh, they made a point to say that they want to get uh, faster and and uh, more supportive and and, <coughs> and they just really want to attack. Yeah, and so maybe that means going a little smaller, um, having a quick guy as opposed to a big run-you-over type of guy. Right. Well, we will all see. That goes down in, uh, what, late June? June. Yeah. 23rd, um, I think. So we'll go from a, from an upcoming draft to a draft that just recently happened. Um, the NFL draft was uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. It was weeks ago, man. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we had some great, great coverage. Uh, yeah, we did. And then electricity took it away. You know, it never would have happened with Nikola Tesla's uh, alternating current. You are possibly right. We'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we will never know. Um, so we're going to rewind a couple weeks. Tom? Thank you. Um, we're going to start off with uh, some of these quarterbacks that got taken in the first, ra- in the first round of the draft. Um, the Bears. The Bears. Traded up to get... UNC quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, they moved up one spot and gave up a third this year, a fourth this year, and a third next year or something like that. They gave up a lot to do it. They could have gotten three quarterbacks um, for that. So uh, they grabbed Mitchell Trubisky. I think, <sighs> look, I don't want to sound like a hater being a Packers fan and all, but I love this move because it means the Bears are going to stink. But you you see what uh, what – Jay, I look like a bird all of the time, Cutler said. He said, don't rush him. Yeah. He said, if if the team stinks, there's no reason to put him in. Jay Cutler, a man who will be calling football games this year for Fox. Yes. Yes, he will. His first broadcast will be a Bears game. That's fine. Yeah. You know, give him something he, he knows right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, my biggest criticisms for Trubisky, uh, a lot of what everyone else is saying, um, he started 13 games. Yeah. He was in college for four years. Made the team all four years. Didn't become a starter until his senior year. Well, at least he made the team all four years. Yeah, could have been. You know, it could have been he, he didn't make the team three years and then came on as a walk on, and then all of their quarterbacks got injured, so they had to play him. Yeah, but I mean, he couldn't bust through to get you know to get the starting job before his senior year. Uh, that's got to be a red flag, especially because name me the quarterback he lost out to the first three years. Um. Yeah. QB number seven. 
Um, if we're if we're playing Tecmo, it's QB, is, uh, QB number seven. Some of his issues, uh, he's a push thrower. He's got a low angle. He's got low velocity. Uh, he doesn't have great uh, pocket presence, and his footwork is pretty terrible. Um, All of those things can be fixed, but they should have been fixed before now. And, right, and he has an inability to throw downfield. So don't like what they did. Um the rest of their draft really quickly, uh, tight end Adam Shaheen out of Ashland. Uh, he's 6'6", 278. He's got good speed, good speed for his size, and he's extremely athletic. But they picked a kid from Ashland in the second round. Um, in, the third, or in the fourth, they picked Alabama safety Eddie Jackson, who is coming off a season-ending injury for Alabama. Um, also in the fourth, running back Tariq Cohen, 5'6", 179. They have Juwan Howard, Jeremy Langford, and Kareem Carey. I don't know why they drafted this kid. All of whom kid. are bigger than 5'6", 170, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why they drafted this kid, except maybe they drafted him to be a kick returner. Yeah. Um, probably. Which seems like a waste of a pick. What? Fourth round? Yeah. I don't know. He's out of NCANT. I don't know. It's a, a um, f- you know, they, they could be uh, doing this right. You never know. They, they could, could be, be the only ones looking at Division Two teams. Well, I mean, they're they're definitely not, but they're the only ones picking them this high. Like they're they're the only ones um, getting you know a close close look at them. Yeah, uh, and then in round five they picked guard Jordan Morgan out of Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Um, six three three oh nine, decent size, but is he going to be able to adjust to playing? Against NFL level defensive linemen, NFL sized, yeah, defensive linemen, yeah. Um, so you know, five picks. They give up too much to get Trubisky. Then they draft three guys out of Division Two and lower. Um, and the only other Division One player they drafted is coming off a season-ending injury. Right. If it they, just looks bad. If they hit on those on those <coughs> Division Two picks, though, uh, if they hit on all of them, expect. In, in the future, to see a lot more teams taking a lot closer look at the lower ranks. Well, I think they do take a close enough look. I just, I don't know. They saw something other people didn't, I guess, So and that's fine for them. I just don't know how great of an idea it was. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they made it a point in this draft to to focus, you know, yeah. down, down in the lower divisions. Um. Another big issue is apparently their uh, GM, Ryan Pace, did not tell head coach John Fox they were trading up for Trubisky until about an hour before the draft. See, that is an issue. This has been Pace's plan for a while, and he didn't feel the need to share it with the head coach until they were about to be on the clock. The head coach who's already planning for a future with Mike Glennon, who will be the starter this I year. Think at this, I think at this point John Fox is planning for a future with... Uh, literally any other team well yeah i mean after yeah. after that happened yeah um i th- see i thought they could have made it work with mike glennon and they still might yeah you know. um <coughs> what they should have done in the first round is uh take that uh take mike williams the receiver out of clemson give give, some, give someone give give mike glennon someone to throw to yeah uh williams who ended up in san diego with a i, I really like that pick for them um you know, Keenan Allen can't stay healthy for them, so yeah, he wasn't even the first receiver taken. No, that was actually Western Michigan's Corey Davis. So we got some action in the top five of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the second quarterback off the board, Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs traded up from 27 to 10 to pick him. Um, he's going to sit behind Alex Smith, obviously, for a year. I don't like this pick. I am unsure about Mahomes. Uh, he played in that Texas Tech offense. That offense always generates high passing stats. You look at a guy like Graham Harrell. Yeah. Bounced around as a backup for a handful of years in the NFL. See, I think I think you you have to kind of not look at the stats when you see a guy from Texas Tech. You have to look at the player himself, yeah, not the numbers. And I don't know. I I, I like his. Uh, I like the way he plays. Obviously, he's you know the gaudy stats, but he seems like he's got all the mechanics of a of a decent quarterback. I don't know that you would have wanted to trade. What did they trade to get up to? 10? Oh, I'm not even sure. I want to say they sent next year's one as part of the deal. Um, so I don't know if I do that. <coughs> he, but uh, they are in desperate need of a quarterback to win them games. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did complete sixty-five point seven percent of his passes last year. Five thousand fifty-two yards, forty-one touchdowns, ten interceptions. Um, so you know, Texas Tech offense, you're always getting that. Right. Um, the the rel- relatively low interceptions though is a good thing. Yeah. He's not making bad decisions. With the ball, um, you got to imagine at least a few of those might have come off of tips or just poorly run routes. But yeah, I, I I don't know about trading up to get him. Let him l- let let it slide. It would not. He would not have gotten Wouldn't that have made far. Twenty seven. No, no uh, definitely not. Um, the third quarterback off the board, the one that I like the most out of this draft, uh, Deshaun Watson out of Clemson, went to the Texans at pick 12. They traded up from 25 to 12 to get him. Um, I love it. I really do. That's I know. I know he's got some interception issues. He had 17 last season. He completed 67% of his passes, uh, almost 4,600 yards, had, 40, uh, had 41 touchdowns as well. Yeah, the interceptions are a problem. And, yeah, as a rookie in the NFL, he's probably going to throw a lot more. But his competitiveness, his uh, never-quit attitude – and his big game pedigree make me believe that he is the right answer for the Texans. And he was the uh, probably the best athlete out of the, I would say any of the players in the draft. Yes, yeah, he was. Uh, I would say out of any of the players, but any of the quarterbacks, he was definitely definitely tops there. Um, I think it's a great pick for the Texans. I think it's going to set them up for uh, for years to come. Um, the, he's, there's already a team around him. Yeah. There. And uh, the pro- the problem down in t- in Texas was the quarterback. Yeah, the entire time. Now they've got hopefully a quarterback that can uh, get the ball to those receivers. They've got the strong defense, and uh, he'll be they, hand- handing off to Deonta Foreman. Uh, yeah, that's, the Texas uh, running back. That's that's another plus. Yeah, two thousand twenty eight yards, six point three average, and fifteen touchdowns last year at Texas. Um, he was their third round pick. I like that move just as much as I like picking Watson. Um, and their second rounder, Zach Cunningham out of Vanderbilt, uh, linebacker. He's got great instincts, uh, very quick to the ball. He does have trouble finishing tackles. Yeah. Um, but That can really be said of pretty much any mid-round draft pick. Right. Um, but I, I, like their, I like their draft overall. I really do. Um, I, think, uh, I think they've set themselves up to be... Maybe not on par with the uh, Patriots and Steelers yet. No, but they've they've sealed up that division. Yeah. Um, but they do they do have to win now. Yes. Because J.J. Watt has already said that he's not going to 
play until he's an old man. He said he wants to retire relatively young. There's only a couple more years where you can guarantee that he's going to be there. So they need to have everything come together at once. I don't see him going this year, but in the next two or three years, I could see them making a solid run at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if they don't have to face the Patriots or Steelers, if if they get knocked out by other teams. Right. Um, but the way the way the NFL playoffs work, that's not not usually the not case. likely. They're going to have to beat one or the other. Yeah. Um, so uh, some quick notes about some schools. Um, Michigan had the most players drafted with eleven. Um, Jabril Peppers, Taco Charlton uh, in the first round, um, and then you had Chris Wormley, Jordan Lewis, Delano Hill. Amara Dorva in the third round. Uh, the fourth round saw Ben Gedeon, Ryan Glasgow, and Jihu Chesson. Uh, the fifth, Jake Butt, uh, went to the mm-hmm. Broncos. And uh, in the sixth round, Jeremy Clark was drafted by the Jets. Now, I I don't like the uh, the Drew Burrow Peppers pick. Uh, neither do I. They reached. I they they probably had to reach in order to get him. I don't like picking a guy who doesn't have a real position. Right. I I think that he was going to go. Before their next pick, yeah. Until they traded to get the the uh, Packers pick, yeah. You know they they could have waited until then, yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't really care for Peppers coming into the draft. Um, there are there are about three coaches in the NFL that I think know how to use Peppers the way he needs to be used, um, and none of them are anywhere near yeah, Cleveland. And that's uh, Bill Belichick, Dom Capers, uh, the Packers. Defensive coordinator and um, Gus Bradley, the former uh, Jags head coach and uh, former Seahawks defensive coordinator. I actually don't know if he has a job currently. I don't know why not. Uh, oh yes, he's the defensive coordinator for the Chargers. Oh well, there you go. So I think uh, Peppers would work out for one of those guys. They know how to use those hybrid players. Yeah. Um, the issue is <coughs> there would be far too much pressure. To get him offense. And the Browns have already said, we're going to get him on the offense. Yeah. Develop him first. Yeah. Safety first. You know, develop him as a safety first. Not safety first? Not Well, I mean, yes, safety first, but because you, it should always be safety first. Right, you right. Know. Um, um, but, yeah, develop him. Have him learn the defense that you're going to be playing. Um, he may turn out to be a quick study at that. Yeah. And you may be able to fold him into the offense every now and then. But I wouldn't push it. You're going to push it and try and put him in at running back, and I think that's a bad decision no matter what. Even if he knows the defense fine and and is ready to take on a larger role, I don't think putting him in at running back is a great idea. Yeah. Put him in at receiver. In the, something In the slot? Yeah. A little bit less contact, you know? You don't want to break your star defensive player because you wanted to get him to bowl over some linebackers. Yeah. Um, they'll eventually find a place for him, and I think it will work out. He's a good enough athlete. Um, yeah, I'm just nervous about how they're going to use him. Um, that being said, well, we'll get in, we'll get into individual drafts in a minute. I do have two more notes uh, on schools. Uh, Ohio State had three defensive backs picked in the first round. Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, and Gary and Conley went to the Saints, Colts, and Raiders, respectively. And then in the second round, Washington had three defensive backs selected in that round. Uh, with Kevin King, Buda Baker, and Sidney Jones going to the Packers, Cardinals, and Eagles. Um, both those teams were in the college football playoff last year, were they not? Uh, yes, they were. Yeah. Funny how that works out sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, I tell you, the the number of 
defensive backfield players that were taken in this draft is astounding to yeah. me. Seems like every other player was cornerback, safety, cornerback, cornerback. Yeah, it was, it was very deep at corner this year. I was uh, very excited for Green Bay's draft uh, for that reason. Um, let's start with the Browns. Um, we discussed the Peppers pick. We think it could work if they let them focus on defense. And I they think let that's the only way that it works. Um, first overall pick was Miles Garrett. We all love that pick. Yeah. Home run. How could you not pick that kid? Um their third pick, David Njoku, he's got excellent inline blocking skills in addition to his receiving skill set. Um, in the second round, they grab Notre Dame quarterback Deshaun Kaiser. As long as they don't throw him in there right away, I think this could pay off. Yeah, he's, he's, I don't know that he's the answer for the future. I mean, you know, the extended future. But he's the answer in a couple of years when he's ready. Yeah. Um, now, he sit him this year, let him learn, um, let him grow as a, as, a, as a player. I know he's already... One of the uh, smarter quarterbacks taken yes. from a from a game standpoint. Yeah, he did throw only nine interceptions last year uh, and only ten the year before. Nine interceptions in a year they went four and eight. Yeah, so he um, he was not the problem. There. He did only complete fifty eight point seven percent of his passes, but they didn't have a lot of receivers. Right. Um, the first career he had fifty eight hundred yards, forty seven touchdowns, nineteen interceptions. Um. And I think the the only reason he came out <coughs> this year is because he didn't see things going any better the next year at Notre Dame. No, probably not. Um, and doubly so now that he's gone. Right. Um, other picks for the Browns, uh, Howard Wilson, corner, cornerback out of Houston, 6'1", 184. I love that size at the corner position. Uh, and uh, they picked a kicker. In the seventh round, uh, Zane Gonzalez, one of the most accurate kickers in NCAA history, out of Arizona State. So, got a uh, got a devil. You're out supposed there to in you're supposed to go yay or make a fart noise, depending. <clears throat> uh, you, you've you've got the wrong uh, Dewey in the studio to yeah. care about ASU sports at all. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy who went to ASU, so I guess I'll sort of root for them. But he was an. Uh, communications major not a sports guy so. yeah so he hung out with all the football players yeah. he probably had classes with all these guys actually I, well he, he may have had classes with them but i don't think he hung out with them yeah. they weren't really his crowd they weren't coming over for the star wars uh, role-playing game night which is oh, when you, i spent the you most amount of time with them well they didn't they weren't in our star wars role-playing game i can tell you that much because i would have remembered that they had a better one with uh they couldn't have had a better one because i was game mastering ours so there was no better one Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I'm real humble about it too. I don't know. The, Got so much to be humble about, though. You know. Yeah. This reminds me of Drax and Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. I too am very humble. <laughs> oh man, I want to go see the movie again, which would be the third time for me. Um, I haven't seen it at all yet. Yeah, Tom has not seen it yet. Because everyone's all like, "Oh, we're going to the movies," and nobody <coughs> invites Tom. Sad Hulk music. Cue it up. I don't. I don't have that queued up. I was going. You know what? I was going to pull that up instead of the songs that you mentioned. Then I thought, no, no, I'll do. I'll do what I was asked. I was going to pull up the Sad Hulk music instead. We should probably always have that on hand. <laughs> build it into the board. We make need, it make it a drop. Yeah. We need to get a soundboard. Yeah. You know, just sound buttons. Yeah. Um. So the other local team I wanted to address their draft. Uh. The Lions. They picked uh, Jared Davis out of Florida in the first round, uh, coming off an ankle injury. He's a very tough player. Um, I do think it helps their linebacking position a lot. Uh, so, you know, if if he can get over the 
ankle, he could probably have a pretty quick start for them. Oh yeah. Um, um I think really their their needs were all addressed as far as their their draft goes. <coughs> they did have a couple of question marks uh in my opinion. Uh starting in the second round with Tease Tabor. Um I'm not sure the speed is there to compete in the NFL. Um not necessarily a lateral speed, but the quickness to cover some of these guys in the slot. Um well, uh there are a decent number of uh, slower defensive backs. Most yeah. of them play for the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I, no, it, and that's not to say he won't be productive. Th- there is a there is a, a place for that that uh, type of player. Yeah. Situation. I would see him coming in to start as as sort of a nickel back. Yeah. Um, no it, no relation to the. You see him the, as a crabby band. No, they took their name from a sport. Just like yellow card and five for fighting. Yep. Why do the crappy bands always seem to think that they can take sports? I don't know. And make them. I don't know. Uh, round three. Uh, this is where I thought they really went off the rails. Um, they picked a player, uh, Kenny Galladay, out of NIU, six four two eighteen. I really uh, think he was selected because of his height. Typo. No, I do not. We went over this on the unaired show. Tom. The G is right next to the H. It could have. It could be a typo. His entire life, you don't know. <laughs> could be. Um, and then in round four, uh, Jalen Reeves maybe in at linebacker. Um, he has injury issues as well. Uh, he's very quick and very fast. Those are two different things. Not many people realize that. Yes, uh, quickness. Is, you know, your how quickly you can get off the line. How quickly you can uh, make cuts and changes in direction. And then your speed is just how fast you are in a yes. straight line, how how uh, how much velocity you get. Yeah, um, I uh, I did like not just because he's a Toledo kid. Um, their their uh, second fourth round pick, Michael Roberts, tight end out of Toledo, six four two seventy, uh, one touchdown in every three point one red zone receptions for him. Um, That's not bad. I do think it's a very very good pick. Um, of course, he that was a fairly high powered offense in Toledo. Yeah. So I mean, they they ran something that was just south of a pro style. Yeah. Um, and then in round six, uh, Jeremiah Ledbetter, six three two eighty. He can play inside or outside on the defensive line. So this is a great uh, depth pick for them. Uh, they've got a backup at every position now. Yeah. Um, so I did really like that. Uh, we did address the Texans draft. Um, I did like the Packers draft. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> They took uh, Kevin King out of Washington, six foot three, two hundred pound cornerback. He's great at the press, and he has an incredible ability to locate the ball. I absolutely love this pick. Um, and you would. in round two, they picked Josh Jones, uh, safety out of NC State. He's likely the replacement for Micah Hyde. Right. That, that in between can play literally anywhere you want to put him. Um, I think that's uh, what he was drafted to be. And I look forward to that. And then in round four, uh, Jamal Williams, running back out of BYU, 234 carries, 1,375 yards, 5.9 average, and 12 touchdowns uh, last year for the Cougars. He uh, He's incredibly difficult to take down. He always falls forward. Every run ends with him falling forward for another yard. Um, and that is a defensive uh, lineman and linebacker's nightmare. Yeah. So I, I really did like that. Uh, the 49ers, Solomon Thomas with the third overall pick. He's versatile. He can play uh, He can play outside or inside. Uh, he can get you a big push in the middle, uh, 6'3", 273. 
And then they traded back in to get Reuben Foster out of Alabama. Uh, great sideline to sideline ability. He's a hard hitter. Uh, he does have some injury history. Yeah. Um, but it, it always seems to be minor nicks and bruises, um, things he can typically play through. Right. So I really do like that pick for them. Um, and then uh, the Jaguars, Leonard Fournette in the first round. Uh, I think that's a home run. Yeah. I, I was almost convinced that they were going to take a quarterback. Yeah, um, I, I thought they might too. I was almost convinced, but Leonard Fournette was there at number four. You, you take him. Yeah. Um, in the second round, they got Cam Robinson out of Alabama, six foot six, three hundred twenty-two pound uh, tackle. He can be the left tackle. They can move Brandon Albert to guard. Um, he does struggle moving inside, and when he gets beat, he gets handsy. Yeah. Um, he as soon as a player's past him, he'll reach out, grab jersey, arm, whatever he can. Um, you can you can sometimes get away with that in college, but uh, they'll get you every time in the yeah. NFL. Um, and they picked in the fifth round Blair Brown, linebacker out of Ohio University. Uh, he's undersized. Uh, he's 5'11", 238. Every time somebody says undersized to me, I just think that player's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, He'll be able to play on passing downs. Um, and he, he is a he is a great hitter, very hard hitter. Um and the uh the last draft that I want to talk about, the Vikings. Yeah. Uh they got Delvin Cook in the second round. Great vision. He's got great jets in the open field. Um he can make great cuts. He does have some off the field issues and fumble issues. Um I think it was seven fumbles last year. Um so that is something to worry about, especially coming off having Adrian Peterson, who also had the fumble issues. Right. Well, I mean, the offense won't change that much. Right. Um, round three, uh, Pat Elfline out of OSU, 6'3", 303-pound center. Uh, he is a subpar athlete. He's very, very intelligent, and he can play both uh, both guard spots. He has great handwork and great footwork. Um, so he may not be, you know, the fastest guy, the quickest guy, but he's very solid uh, with the intangibles, so... I, I do like that pick and linebacker Ben Gideon out of Michigan, six foot two, two forty four. He's got decent size, uh, great athletic ability. He could challenge for playing time right away. Yeah, um, not likely to be a starter this season, but uh, very solid draft for them as well. Um, n- nobody else I thought so really what, had a great or terrible draft. I I, I think. Uh... I think everyone else is kind of in the middle. I do like a couple of, of the draft picks that the Steelers had. Obviously, J.J. Watt falling all the way to 30 for them. T.J. Watt. Watt, rather, sorry. You wish. There are some people who say that T.J. is even better. I don't necessarily believe it. I hope it. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't count on it. Um, He's, at the worst, <laughs> he's an all-pro. <coughs> I mean, he's, it's the, he's the same, the same athleticism as his brother's. That's right. There are two. Yeah, I um, I would have liked Green Bay to pick him, but we didn't really have the needed outside linebacker, right? With Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, and Jaron Elliott. So I get it. <clears throat> and the Packers, their philosophy is best player available, which I know the Steelers typically adhere to as well. Right. They they tend to try to draft for their needs in the second and third rounds, which they actually didn't do in the second round this year. They drafted another wide receiver. Um, but he was the best available. Yeah. Well, the way the way to address need and still draft best available player is when your turn comes up, you look at your board, and if you're the Packers, let's let's just say, you know, for the sake of this discussion, you've got Aaron Rodgers, 
Right. The first player available on your board, your best-rated player, is a quarterback. Well, you're not going to take him. Right. So you're going to start making phone calls. You're going to trade down to where your next best player that fits a need, maybe you know you you need a tackle. So the next best player might be a cornerback. You also don't need that. And then the third guy is a tackle. Well, you're going to trade down to about where you think that tackle will be left on the board right. based on what you think and know other teams need and want. So you'll trade down and you'll take him when he is the best available player left on your board. You know, if he gets drafted, then you'll just move on to the next guy and go from there. And that's why you might then see you have a team. 12 draft picks in the seventh round. And... Right. And that's why you might see a team trade down twice. Right. Because they traded down thinking, well, this best available player will still be here then, but then he gets overdrafted up here. Well, then we trade down again to line up our best available player with something we need or want. So that's how mm-hmm. that strategy really works. People think it just means taking the top guy on the board regardless. No, it means well, for, fitting for, them for in. For so long for the Raiders, that's what it meant. Yeah. And that didn't work out so well for them. But, yeah, uh, I liked the T.J. Watt pick quite a bit. Um, And the other pick by the Steelers I liked was Joshua Dobbs. He's an aerospace engineer. That was his major in college. That's what his degree is in. Yeah. Incredibly intelligent. Strong arm. Um, He's got a quickness to him, too. Uh, I believe they drafted for the future with that one. Um, (coughs) With Ben's uh, contemplating retirement after the end of each season... I think this is the development that that uh, that they're going to go with. Um, um, I did see it. They released Zach Mittenberger. Yes, they did. He was not going to be anything. They re- they realized he didn't fit. Um, and I know a lot of people are are kind of thinking, well, if they're drafting the quarterback of the future, why are they waiting to the fourth round? There's a lot of value in 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 the in the <coughs> lower drafted quarterbacks. That you know, I mean, he he played in the SEC. He played very well in the SEC. Yeah. Um, he just got buried behind all the top names. And then, you know, after those top names are gone, the teams that don't really have that immediate need at quarterback are going to start looking in the third and fourth rounds. So I, I I think he can be the quarterback of the future. I mean, I don't know that he'll be as good as Ben, but he's what we've got for now. And we've, we'll still use Landry Jones as the backup. But I thought it was a, a great pick getting... Uh, probably the most intelligent quarterback in the class yeah yeah um i like and the fact that he does have to play right away yeah that's the big thing um I, you always like to see that yeah he can sit and learn the pro game yeah you know even even peyton manning struggled in his first season well that was partly because that team was just so bad right but you know you're just he had to come in and he had to figure out okay so this is what a, a an nfl quarterback faces every day yeah, and being such a student of the game, he took to it and he learned. And yeah, his his first season, he completed fifty six point seven percent of his passes, only threw twenty six touchdowns and threw twenty eight interceptions. That was Peyton Manning's first year in the NFL. Even one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time struggled in his first year. So, yeah. <coughs> letting your quarterback sit is always a good idea, and not throw them right in there. Yeah, they they will get opportunities to play the, obviously they'll take quite a bit of the uh time in the preseason they'll probably take some first team snaps in the, in the practices in the regular season oh quick quickly right here so i went to nfl.com to look up that stat really quickly and 
they still had the draft results bar at the top of the page. Yeah. And I saw Mitchell Trubisky, and I just laughed. <laughs> and I, I have a feeling that's going to happen literally every time I see his name from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you let him sit. Learn yeah. the game. Yeah. Let Glennon play. Let uh, down, in, down in Houston. I think Watson can come in the way that team is set up and flourish. However, I still think it would be smarter for them to play Tom Savage this year. Or, you know, at least give Tom Savage a look. A, a nice, give him a nice long look before you decide to go with Watson. Yeah, because you don't want to uh, come in and wreck a guy's career when they can be something great. Yeah, um, or even something moderately okay, like Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell Trubisky. I was yeah. I I don't or like Patrick Mahomes. He's going to sit. Yeah, he's going to learn. He's going to actually. He's going to learn from one of the better options to to uh, to learn quarterback from. Alex Smith, I I would pick as the ideal person to watch to learn the quarterback position. That game management style. Yeah. We, well, if you can't if you can't manage the game, you can't exactly even come in and win the game either. You know. So if if you learn to manage the game, then you'll put yourself in a position to come in and and be the world beater. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady already knew how to manage the game from playing in Michigan. Yeah. At a high level, and then he sat and learned from Drew Bledsoe. That just sounds terrible. He bled so. Yeah. yeah. Eric. Yes. <clears throat> happy anniversary. Thank you. Yes. Eric is. Appreciate it. Uh, for those who don't know, Eric is married to our sister. That's how we know Eric. Um, and today is their anniversary. So. Indeed. Yeah. Twelve years. Twelve years. So, Back in uh, five. So. That was the. That you're thinking long and hard about that death do us part part, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, I mean, obviously there's ups and downs, there always are, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm happy, so it works out. I'm coming up on nine years in September. Nice. Yeah. Almost to double digits. Almost. We've been together for 11. Yeah. I'm good and single. <laughs> Hear that, ladies? <laughs> or gentlemen? Tom doesn't discriminate. I don't, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not be desperate. Oh, Tom. Yes. Tom, Tom, Tom. Yes, yes, yes. We'll find you, lady. You know, every time someone says that, they uh, proceed to not do anything about it. Hey, I got you a lady one time. Yeah, thanks. That backfired tremendously. <laughs> Setups often do. It wasn't a set. No, it wasn't a setup. It was, he thought she was cute at the bar, she thought he was cute at the bar, so I got that new exchange. Have you met Tom? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Basically, I was up singing the karaoke, and I came back, and there was a phone number. Yeah, so. Um, and yeah. she ended up boiling your rabbit? I'm, what's the rest of the story? I mean, that, that doesn't we'll sound tell, like we'll such tell, a terrible story no, right we'll now. Tell, we'll tell the story off air. It's, <laughs> not a, it's not fun for anyone. All right, so, um, well, well, setting time up with horrible people is my favorite game in the world. Uh, my <laughs> second favorite game in the world is fill in the blank. Cheese. The team. Fill in the cheese. <laughs> the team. Why would you fill in the cheese? If Swiss you're making, cheese. If you're making ravioli. Why would you fill it in? I know you'd fill it in with cheese. Yeah, you fill it in. You no, you fill in the pasta. <laughs> yeah, with cheese. Yes, you don't you fill pl- in the cheese. Yeah, Tom. So you're just wrong in you're, all this. Let's let's focus on how wrong Tom is in all this. You plug <laughs> you plug the holes in Swiss cheese with different kinds of cheese. I would think that you're more Swiss cheese. Well, no. Hold on. Hold on. Meat. The sausages that you get with your cheese. Fill the Swiss cheese with the meat. That's your solution to everything, isn't it? Shove some meat in it. So I got three kids. <laughs> Boom. 
We can cut that part out. And Locked it up and you knocked it down. And we're canceled. <laughs> That's our last show ever. Thanks, everybody. So it is time to play fill in the blank. The team with the best draft was blank. The best draft? Huh. It's a matter of opinion. Yes, I want your opinion. That's what fill in the blank is about. Oh, <laughs> uh, who? I, I, I almost want to say the Browns because they had a very good one. So it's, but you uh, don't want to say nice things about the Browns. Right. Yeah. It's a bit frightening that they had a good draft. Right. Um, oh. They might end up being just good enough to really disappoint you. Yeah, well. We're now at the part of the show where Tom stalls because we've only been on for an hour. Have we? Huh? No, it's been no, longer okay. than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. No, like, I, well, draft is, uh, first of all, you have to understand what draft means. I mean, it can mean many things. There are different uh, versions Webster's of the word. defines draft as. <laughs> I'll, I'll say the Texans. That is also my uh, my pick. Uh, as we said, Watson and uh, Deonta Foreman uh, in the backfield. I think that's going to be a problem for teams for a long, long time. Yep, um, yep. The most successful quarterback from this draft class will end up being... Deshaun Watson. Agreed. That one was kind of telegraphed from earlier. Right. Um, your furnace just farted. It does that. Okay. Um, more like the, the team more likely to falter in the NBA playoffs is blank. Talking more... about the Warriors and Cavs here. Uh, I got to say the Warriors... Just based on who they would have to face. Who's, yeah, who, based on the who better left. teams left are in the West. Yeah, Boston could give some trouble if they make it. Yeah, but they might not make it. Both of the teams left in the West, Houston and San Antonio, could give Golden State some fits. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. Um, although, I actually am going to say the Cavaliers because um, Boston has shown they can play with the Cavs. And Boston did earn that number one seed over the Cavs. Right. Um, so I'm going to say Cleveland. Um, finally, difference of opinion. Yay. Um, so this reminds me of the first time we played this game, and we said the, the Marvel movie you're lo- you're most looking forward to, and we each had a different answer. One of you yeah. said Thor, one of you said Guardians, and I said Spider-Man. Um, I am still really looking forward to Spider-Man, but I think my answer should have been Guardians with as good as it was. <laughs> um, so... Uh, that being that being the case, um, I just want to know what is your favorite Marvel? Your favorite Marvel movie is blank so far. Oh, the the first Thor. The first one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't really care for the Dark World. It was kind of odd. Yeah. Um, but the first Thor, it told a small story, um, but it was also you know fantastical with the whole rainbow gods bridge thing. And- Magic hammers and yeah. Rainbow Road is always my favorite. So you yeah. know, yeah. But uh, Thor, yeah. yeah, Eric, I would would actually usually say the first Thor as well. But in order to uh, have a different answer, I'll say the first Iron Man, the one that got everything started. Yeah, but, but they're really close together. Those two. First Iron Man would have been perfect, but it wasn't Don Cheadle. That's true. Yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom's got a point there. They screwed up. Um, I I'm gonna say Ant Man. That was a good one. I love Ant Man, and I was looking. I was I looking forward to Ant Man. I thought that was the sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. I, I hate everything about you. Um, I, I was looking forward to Ant Man when that was the first announced MCU movie. Ant Man was supposed to be first back way in back before nineteen oh six. Way back before Iron Man came out, 
It was supposed to be Ant-Man first. Right when they came up with the idea of the talkie. And then they realized how ridiculous a movie about a man who talks to ants is. And so they put it on the back burner and went ahead with all these other ones. And then they realized... They decided to go with the man who talks to iron instead. And then they realized, Wait. we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> I Honestly, I think it's probably good that they ended up going with Iron Man because it was a combination of the fact that the movie was just so well done... And Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in it that solidified them in the market. If, he if was the most been, perfect casting. Yeah, him as uh, a extremely rich alcoholic was uh, amazing casting. It was believable. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how they came up with that. So very believable. Um, no, it it was just it was great casting. He did a fantastic job, and it really solidified. It gave them the opportunity to make the rest of them. Yeah. If that movie had bombed, you know. We wouldn't have the rest of the universe. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. Let's. So Marvel has resurrected Robert Downey Jr.'s career. Yeah. Um, they kind of resurrected Chris Evans's career, at, at least as a uh, superhero actor for sure. Because I don't know anybody the... looking at his performance in uh, Fantastic Four would be like, no, we're not casting him as any sort of superhero. Yeah. He'd but be... I mean, he wasn't getting a lot of leads in between those. I mean, he was getting parts, but. Now, once once this is all over with, he'll be able to get whatever role he wants. Let's not forget, he played the jock in Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. he did. Oh, and never he played forget, it well. Never forget. <laughs> they, uh, and they've taken the fat, goofy guy from Parks and Rec and turned him into <laughs> a sex symbol. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was the best. I don't know, I kind of miss fat, goofy Chris Pratt. <laughs> He's still goofy. Yeah. That's yeah. the best part is he he never stopped being goofy. He just got cut. <laughs> he got paid to, to work out. Yeah. Living the dream. I don't know. He still had to work out. <laughs> yeah, that's just true. But he got paid a lot to do it. Yeah. The rest of us are just like, you know, doing it for our health or, you know, trying not to die. He got paid millions and millions of dollars to hit the gym. By the way, I posted on Ballpark Rose, don't forget, ladies, Tom is single. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Should I attack on and ready to mingle? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mostly because it's not the 70s. <laughs> oh, man. Although I do have some bell bottoms. He wasn't talking about throwing a key party. <sighs> uh, Fill in the blank. <laughs> yes. I'm getting to it. <laughs> the Nashville Predators in the Western Conference Finals is blank. Fantastic. Somebody new. I'm going to go with Unbelievable. I don't know. After the first series, I no. think anything's pretty. Boring. Well, but I'm talking in the you know in the in the scope of the entire season. Unbelievable. I mean, they got through Chicago and then St. Louis, two teams that a lot of people were picking to win the Stanley Cup, including some people around here. Yes. So unbelievable uh, that they they have made it that far. Um, we got some fresh teams going to the going to the finals. Yeah. Um. Or what? Conference if, finals, uh, right. If. Uh, what if Pittsburgh gets knocked out? The most recent final participant would have been Anaheim, like six years ago. Uh, six? No, it was oh seven. Yikes! So it, it's uh ten years now. Yikes! Um, so this one Eric's not gonna like. Uh oh. Um, the most overrated sitcom of all time <laughs> is Blank. Seinfeld. That is a great answer. It really is. It's the wrong answer because the answer is Friends. No, see, because Friends occasionally makes me laugh. That's Okay, that's great. And something that's overrated can make you laugh. However, Friends fans 
talk about it like TV ended the day that series ended. No, TV ended the day MASH ended, so... Yeah, well, TV uh, ended yeah. way before Friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, see, I, I never got the the hate or the extreme love for Friends because I just thought it was a amusing show. It made me laugh when I watched it. So, you know, it's got something up on, you know, 99% of other sitcoms yeah. out there. See, and, as that's as a, as, and that's great that you have the middle-of-the-road approach. It's the, it's the fanatics that make me believe that it's the most overrated show of all time. Now, that being said, I don't hate it. I'm incredibly indifferent towards it, <laughs> but I think it's the most overrated show of all time. I would have to go with uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That yes. one, there, it kills me because there are some funny jokes occasionally, and then they ruin them with the laugh track that's not technically a laugh track. I know it's live, blah, 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 whatever. But when you put a sign up that says laugh now and right. have your studio audience laugh at you, it's still a laugh track, yeah. regardless of whether it's yeah. a pre-recorded laugh track or not. And Bill Prady, I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I know you've defended this on Twitter to me directly. He has responded to me directly on Twitter when I complained about the laugh track on uh, Did he Big um, Bang Theory. actually you? <laughs> he's like uh, it's not a laugh track it's a live studio audience and I'm just like I'm not going to get into this argument with the creator of the show but like seriously like he doesn't get the difference like, like he doesn't understand that it's still a track of laughter on the show when we watch it on TV it's still they make a joke then they pause to allow time for laughter They even they, when it's only a chuckle worthy joke at best yeah. they point microphones at the audience <laughs> They are part of your show. It is a track of we have these. We have these microphones. Watch what I do. You can't hear me when I'm over here, but if I slide my head back this way, you can hear me just <laughs> fine. But if I go over here, you can't hear me. And then see what's happening is as I'm not in front of the microphone, you can't hear me because it is a directional microphone. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't understand how people don't get that that is, in fact, a laugh track, regardless of whether it's pre-recorded laughter or not. And it's yeah. just annoying when it's like, for a show about smart people, they sure think their audience is too stupid to know when they're supposed to laugh. So I, it drives me up the wall because there will occasionally be funny jokes, and I'll be like, hmm, you know, g- give me a good, good solid chuckle and a yeah. smile, and then the, the audience is going crazy with laughter, and it kills it. Yeah, I'm like, no. What just- they, they need to lose the laugh track. They need to lose all of the... Uh- just middle-of-the-road lame jokes and just go with, like, the really obscure things that will make three people laugh. They, they've completely killed the nerd stereotype joke. It's been too many years. You got away with that in season one. After season two, you need real jokes. Yeah. And they're still yeah. going with the nerd stereotype jokes every single episode, and it's just gotten tiresome Which and Which is hilarious because we're taking over. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're spending time on a sports show talking about marvel movies <laughs> guess what everybody yeah it's uh, geek culture is now culture yeah when that show first came out i i watched it and i enjoyed it somewhat despite the the laugh track but then as the seasons went on it's just like i feel like it, it's almost like they're even repeating jokes just barely changing them yeah. just to and it's just the nerd stereotype jokes all the my, time it's my favorite thing is uh going this didn't necessarily happen this past time although i did see a crap ton of people that I used to know uh, when I went to see Guardians this past weekend. But this did happen one other time. Uh, I ran into, at the opening for um, Civil War, I ran into a guy who used to make fun of me for reading comic books when I was a kid. And you're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you he, doing? He was just there to punch people. <laughs> yeah. We wound, up, we, were in the, we wound up in the same at the same screen. He was sitting a couple rows uh, back from where I was. And, uh, yeah. Did you call him a nerd and, and throw now, your pop at him? I should have. <laughs> I should have. But, yeah, you know, 
pe- people that used to make fun of us for this kind of thing, they're the ones buying the tickets too. Yeah. So, movie doesn't make four hundred plus million dollars in a single weekend with only the quote unquote nerds going right. to it, right? And that's what Guardians pulled in this this past weekend, yeah. and it's you know just bare. And in fact, that was the number I heard before Sunday night. So there may have, it may have I contribute I contributed twenty more dollars. <laughs> yeah, um, I bought three tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll use my free movie tickets. Maybe I bought, but well, not yet. You won't. <laughs> no passes until mid June, <sighs> unless they're the. They do have certain passes that are good for all shows because they're uh, there's different levels of passes. Movie theaters have certain levels of passes yeah. that they are allowed to use for special engagements. You got to get them if you directly. Have their traditional pass from like other sources. It's just like the gift card pass. It, it, yeah, it depends on whether it's uh, a the prepaid ones, the ones that are actually a prepaid ticket. Those you should be able to use for any show because they're still getting money. Right. Um, same with the you know same thing as using a gift card basically. Um, it's the passes passes like the ones they give out as promotions. You're not going to be able to use for special engagements, but the ones they give out as compensation for like if something went wrong or you had a problem at the right. movie theater, those should be good for any show. Yeah. In most theaters anyway. Yeah. Um, what one more show to throw in there in the discussion? Uh, Cheers, incredibly overrated. Um, I think it was exactly correctly rated. Yeah, I never heard anybody like it was a fun show. It was good. Um, I never heard anybody gushing over it like it was the best thing ever. It's so always listed say, amongst the top five sitcoms of all time. Longevity. I would. I would probably go ahead. And, I mean, I couldn't. Think of also. I'm trying to think of four other sitcoms uh, from that. I mean, it depends on whether you know how close you're looking. Because if you're looking at like right now, then it's got to compete with The Office. It's got to compete with Parks and Rec. Right. It's, you know, there's more things to compete with it now. But if you did that poll, say ten years ago, for me, it would probably be at least in the top ten, if not in the top five. Also, it gave us Frasier. Yes, that is the one silver <laughs> lining for Cheers that gave us Frasier. Um, which I would say is better than Cheers by and Ted Danson. A long shot. Come on, he's a gem. Um, so from the same thread, this this all happened on my Facebook page yesterday, <laughs> um, because uh, some of you may have heard that there was a uh, from a from a a fake David Schwimmer Facebook page. Who the hell takes the time to make a fake Facebook page for David <laughs> Schwimmer? Anyway, so uh, his rap battle with some uh, British talk show host was making the rounds again yeah. the other day. So maybe they thought they'd parlay that into and some. <laughs> so there was a say it, it said Friends Fall 2018, like they were coming back for a one season renewal with Netflix or some crap. One of these uh, rumors of a reunion comes through at least once every six months. Right. Like there's always these rumors of a Friends reunion, and they've all said over and over and over again, it's not going to happen. It's well, never going to happen. Well, guys, Matt LeBlanc can't do it. He's busy across the pond. He still finds time to the, do with the top. Gear. Wait, did his sitcom get canceled? He still got he, which he still one? Found time Man to with do a it. plan. Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. No, but Chandler's available because his sitcom did get canceled. Yes, as he found out when he showed up for work and his name had been painted over on the dressing room door. Amazing. That's a messed up way to find out you've been fired. <laughs> That's a sitcom way to find out you've been fired. <laughs> yeah. But that's like a good sitcom way to get fired, and he got fired from a bad sitcom. So, because <laughs> Odd Couple, I, the original Odd Couple sucked. I don't know why they thought they could bring it back with a drunk-sounding uh, Chandler. I forget his name. Uh, I can't. I can't think of the actor's name now. Congratulations. <laughs> But he sounded like he sounds drunk all the time. Like, and it's funny because I actually watched an episode of Friends where he was playing drunk 
and it sounds exactly like he sounds right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. But he's been in and out of rehab. Yeah. So maybe that's just how he sounds now. Maybe yeah. he needs to yeah. go back in. Yeah. Oh, so from later on in this thread, uh, we were talking about things that were overrated, and our cousin Roger, David's brother, um, brought up. Uh, he thinks that the Goonies and the Breakfast Club are overrated. Breakfast Club for sure. All of you know what John Hughes' entire catalog is exceptionally yes, overrated. Agreed. So that that then led us into uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I'm going to say F- Ferris Bueller's Day Off is blank. Fairly overrated. It's it's a fun movie, but I don't know. It it was probably overrated in its day, but nobody talks about it anymore. So there are still people who oh, hold it up yeah. as one of the best things ever. My my answer to the blank would be thoroughly meh. One of the worst movies of all time. I wouldn't go that far, but all right. Yeah, I mean, come one on. of the worst movies. You're saying it's of on the same time. level as Manos: The Hands of Fate. Yes. <laughs> don't you don't you lump the room in there with that though, because that stuff is amazing. They ha- they they have you rooting for a sociopath. Yeah. Like most, I watched movies. all eight seasons of Dexter and loved it. Yeah, but here's the thing: they were upfront about it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off made it seem like he was just a harmless kid. He was not a harmless kid. He stole shit. He could have. What the? What was the friend's name with the Red Wings jersey? Cameron. Yeah, Cameron. I like that actor. I do too. I liked him in uh, what, what Star Wars or Star Trek. I'm sorry, Star Trek movie was he? Uh, Generations. He was yeah. the captain. Yes. He was the captain of the uh, of the new Enterprise in Generations. I cannot think. He's also name. in Spin City. Yes, wonderful. Oh, that was that was actually a underrated fun show. I, yeah, no, I, yeah, I did like that show. Well, I liked that show up until they made the switch for Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah, then yeah. Um, That's which, my fill in which, the blank. If you ever say Charlie Sheen is right. <laughs> Um, man, that was one thing with that show. So they went from Michael J. Fox playing a character named Michael to Charlie Sheen playing a character named Charlie. Didn't what? he play? Wasn't he a Charlie in uh, the other show? He was, yeah, yeah. Which I <coughs> I tried to watch one episode of that and was thoroughly put off immediately. It had its moments, and most of those moments involved John Cryer. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, who also I would and say. the occasional and the occasional Ryan Styles. Oh. Love Ryan Styles. Yeah. Oh uh, man. You know what? You know what other show was? I think criminally underrated. Uh, news radio. Yeah. I guess that was that was uh, Joe Rogan before he turned into a gigantic d hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty. And good. I mean, gigantic. Have you seen him? He's like, <laughs> he's that Russian bodybuilder sound again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. And I'm pretty sure he was going bald, and that's why he shaved his head because he yeah. seems the kind of guy who would do that just because, like. I'm going to make it look like I'm making this manly decision to shave my head, but it's really because I don't want anybody to see my bald spot. Right. I Well, I would do that except for the mole on my head. <laughs> right. We had a discussion the other day. You just draw you draw little legs on it so that people are like constantly like, oh, crap, that guy's got a spider on his head. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, and just go up to people and like, what? what? What's the problem? And then like, and then like pet it. <laughs> so with uh, baseball teams about 30 games in um, – Last week, the MLB released the All-Star Ballot. Why? Releasing, releasing the All-Star Ballot in May is blank. Really, really dumb, especially now that the All-Star Game means nothing. Play it after the season. Yes. Eric, any opinion? Uh, as far as releasing the ballot, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that people are still not going to vote until the day before. You're like, voting oh, closes no. tomorrow. Oh, jeez, I better, oh, no. better vote. No, no, no. No, 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 no. They will... 
Do, does it allow multiple votes? Oh yeah, you get thirty-five votes. Hold on, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be here for the next three hours voting for Paul. You can Goldsman. only you can only vote. What is it like five times per day? Okay. Yeah. Well then, but, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get my five votes for Goldschmidt in every day between now and then. Yeah. Um. But you don't see that's I that's think, the thing you don't have to worry about Paul Goldschmidt making the All Star. Yeah, he'll game. make it. He'll make it. Some the, other players on some other teams won't. Yeah, the issue is, and yeah, okay, my team benefited from it last year, and it was nice to see that many Cubs in the All-Star game, but Addison Russell probably didn't belong in the All-Star game last year. Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Fowler, Arietta, Lester, yeah, they all belonged. Hendricks probably could have gone, but we had a couple borderline ones that, yeah, probably shouldn't have been there. Zobrist uh, probably shouldn't have gone. Um so it, it gets a little bit silly that way. So I, I think releasing it at this point is silly. I mean, you, you get the overstuffing of the ballot box. You get uh, a very small sample size. So people aren't going based off what a player's doing. They're going based off of, well, they're on my favorite team. So I think it's silly to do it this early. Exactly. And that, until they stop doing it this early, I'm going to vote for players that don't deserve to be there every single day <laughs> just to show them that they're dumb. Put in all your votes for stop. Madison Bumgarner. Oh <laughs> no, that's a, he'll probably make it. No, because pitchers don't get voted in; they get selected oh, right, by yeah. managers. Um, yeah, otherwise that'd be put, great. Put in all of your votes for that guy who just got suspended for three days from the Mets. Also a pitcher. Oh dang it, was it? Yep. I don't know any of the Mets players, so I just heard a guy got suspended. So what's, what's the point of suspending him for three days? What does that even matter? Yeah, as, yeah. As a starting pitcher, <laughs> you're not missing any time. The thing is, he was suspended. Go and then you're suspended for three days, and then two days after that you'll come back and pitch again. He was suspended without pay. That's what it. What's uh? Well, I mean, three days of pay is probably a year's worth of what I make, but it's a <laughs> drop in the bucket for them. Right. <laughs> oh no, I only get paid three hundred and sixty-two days this year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you can't. Have they officially uh, said what it was for yet? I've no, heard, I've heard. I've heard uh, because he was rumors. late because he was on a fishing trip and had a headache afterward. Hey. I get a headache every time I go fishing. And That's he, legitimate. He says he says that he told the team he wasn't coming in, and he did not, so they suspended him. They say he did not. Yeah. Who are we going to believe, the millionaire or the billionaire? Um, I'm going to believe that Harvey's kind of a sketchy guy. So, And also, let's look at this. Madison Bumgarner just got injured riding dirt bikes on his day off. <laughs> <laughs> we have that story about Jeff Kent falling off, uh, claiming to fall off his truck after being injured on a motorcycle. I'm just going to go ahead and believe that Harvey did something on the fishing trip and just didn't go in. <laughs> That's what I'm going to believe now. How do you get hurt on a fishing trip? I don't know. Uh, well, actually, okay, so like two years ago, um, I had to go to urgent care. Um, my doctor was out of town, and I was incredibly ill, didn't want to go and pay for all that fancy medicine at the ER. So I went down to the urgent care um, where... I checked in, and I sat down to fill out the paperwork, and I looked over, and there was a man with a fish hook in his face. Oh. So that's how, Tom. You can also get uh, incredibly drunk and dehydrated if you don't take, if you only take uh, beer with you out on the fishing boat and not any water. That's true. Same goes for tubing down the uh, Salt River in Arizona. Yeah. Well, when you, uh, when you rent, I've heard. When you rent a fishing boat, they, they prohibit alcohol. On the fishing boat, so does he own how his much, own fishing how, boat? How much does he make? Do you think yeah. he might be able to buy a boat? <laughs> well, why would you buy now a he boat, buy th- now, now he has to buy a smaller boat because he's docked for pay for three days. We're yep. going to need a bigger <laughs> boat. All right. Um, so I got one more, I think. Um, so uh, we posted 
or no, I posted on my personal page about the NFL draft about some of these guys' names. Yeah. Um, that it was basically a key and peel sketch. Tease Tabor, Obi Melifonwu, Tano Pasan Pasanon, Chidobio Wuze, Juju Smith Schuster. Um, out of those ones, the funniest name from the NFL draft was Well, I know what you're gonna say. I don't think you do. I do think I do. Um I I, I like uh I like Juju Smith-Schuster because he gets to face off with HaHa Clinton Dix later this year. That's true. That does get to happen. I it needs to be a one-on-one matchup. I don't think that it will be, but that would be uh, eventually. I think HaHa will tackle Juju at some point. Both of whom that is not their actual name. No, Juju's actual name is John. Yes, uh, I don't know what HaHa's name is, but I do know that he was given that nickname as a child. So, Eric, well, the- funniest name from that. Uh, from the list you just yeah. read, um, there's not a dick trickle in there? No. Um, that's unfortunate. Um, there's a urologist here in town named Dick Tapper. <laughs> like, whoa, what are you doing? Living up to my name. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. They're all just fantastic names. I love it. Um, was there one with a click in it? Did I hear? <laughs> the Tano, Tano Passanon, there's a silent K at the beginning. So that's what I'm waiting for. When that guy gets drafted, yeah. that'll get, that guy will have my vote. There's a there's a Pittsburgh Pirates player named Gift Mwipe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I saw that. That guy. That's awesome. His first name is literally a present. Actually, then, his his first and middle names because his first his first name is the is the word gift in uh, I forget what language it is, but he's from South Africa. He's the first African born player in the MLB. Yep, and he's doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Got some hits, got some runs. Oh, my favorite off of this list is Obi Melifonwu. Is that what you thought I was going to say? See, I thought I didn't know it was off of that list. Oh. I thought you were going to go with Jake Butt. Oh, well, <laughs> yes. Jake, oh, I got a new answer. I got a new answer. I forgot yes. about Butt. Jake Butt is my favorite name from from the last weekend. Uh, my, my wife is a Broncos fan, and so are two of my children. Uh, they are getting Butt jerseys before the season starts. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. All right, so I believe that brings us to the end of our show, and we promised a little outro music because we would like to make sure that you don't forget about us. We, uh... Are we on hiatus next week, Eric? Uh, what is the last you are on? I believe it's two weeks. It's, uh, yeah, it's two weeks. You're leaving next week. I am leaving on the twenty fourth, so yes, there is another. There is another Monday. So actually, I mean, we can do the show. Actually, the 29th is the the Monday that I'll actually be going. Okay. So we actually have so two, two weeks that I will shows. be here. All right. All right. So yeah, we will be back next week. Um, we'll have wrapped up the NHL and NBA second rounds by then. Yeah. And we'll have some conference championship predictions for you guys. Um. Then Ballpark Rose. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy some simple minds on the way out. We will talk sports to you next week. Hey everybody, Eric here to tell you about a special promotion my charity Comicare is running. We are up for a challenge, and we need your support. At Comicare, we spend all year traveling to hospitals and collecting smiles from children and their families and leave comic books behind to keep the smiles going. 
Well, now we want to see your smiles, and we want to post them on our pages, too. This July 20th through 23rd, we will bring Arizona Tony Stark to the San Diego International Comic Con and take on one of our biggest challenges yet. We will have four days to collect as many pictures as we can of smiling supporters with Tony. How many can we collect? A hundred? Three hundred? Five hundred? We'll run for the 1,000 mark, but you never know. Will you pledge a couple of pennies for each photo we collect? Just think, if you pledge just two cents per picture and we collect a hundred photos, your donation will be two dollars. If we collect a thousand, twenty dollars. Either way, a small price to pay to be part of our continuing mission. We appreciate all your support in the past and we know you will enjoy being a part of this adventure. So please visit comicare.org slash 1000smiles. That's C-O-M-I-C-A-R-E dot org slash 1000smiles. Visit our page, click that pledge button, and throw us a couple of cents per smile. 